Yeah. Vinny Potestivo, my friend. Welcome to the Just Me podcast. How you doing? Dude, my I name was... rolls off your tongue like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love know, that. I know. I, I, I've <laughs> before and I'm like, we're going to have such a good, good conversation, man. You bring so much value even in like the pre-discussion. I'm like, oh, this guy's already starting the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate it. Well, I think a long time ago, I made a decision just to really be present. I have a hard time focusing. So I made a decision to be really present when I carve out the time to, I allow myself to be present without having to take on all those other thoughts. So it's cool to hear you say that because that's me, that's me learning how to maximize, you know, what I love doing the most impact. I love, I, I call it weaseling because I come from Staten Island. That's a whole theme that I'll get into, you know, uh, yeah, but yeah. I love helping other people with their business streamline, maximize, impact, ignite movements, yeah. you know? Yeah, that, yeah. That stuff. Media <laughs> advisor, Emmy award-winning producer, oh, media producer. Like, you know, we, we got a large background people can read here in, in the show notes as, as they please. But, um, you know, you said something in the beginning, that's something you're working on, this ability to be present. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they think of media, uh, social media technology, they, they, they associate that with not being present, right. And sort of numbing themselves to it all. Have, have you ever had that happen to you? Do you deal with that? Is that something that you work with your own team and clients? But do you mean uh, other people's version of, of time or other, other people's, <laughs> uh, ver uh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, I think that, uh, in television, um, I had the ability to put content out in the late nineties and early two thousands, um, when everyone was able to watch it at the same time or, mm -hmm. or, or shortly thereafter. So we, we were all sort of in that day consuming this piece of content yeah. and, and it was intended on that day for that piece of content to come out. So we could support that conversation in, in a couple of robust ways about that. Yeah. <laughs> like the, 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 the flux capacitor time issue that I have with social media is that it's like your time, my time, the platform's time. It's a lot of time factors that are going into my experience yeah. and what I'm getting. And that's not the same as you and other people. I'm very mindful of that. Um, yeah. As a consumer, uh, that what I'm seeing at that point in time, I'm like, that's, but isn't that life? I mean, that's how I see life. I'm like, isn't that God or energy yeah. that put this in front of me? Ain't that the truth that I was supposed to see this when I saw it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I have faith in that. And I'm, Instagram gives us the ability to have the algorithm or not. That's nice to have a choice, to be honest. Mm. But like, I leaned into the algorithm on Insta. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, can you like uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of people that listen that are like content creators, entrepreneurs, and stuff like that. Cool. And could you briefly like we always have this discussion like the algorithm, like it's like a god or something. Like yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little Greek. bit about what, what the that... Greek gods? It's certainly yeah. not one. They say that out, out loud. They're like, there's not one compliant factor. It's not one centralized AI. It's, it's a community <laughs> of AI. Who, who is this people? Like, is yeah. It a, like, how does it work? And what you know, is it every. Live? Every platform, every platform. So, so beyond launching businesses and beyond the launch of social media platforms, and like now that we're, we're well past the fact that this is going to stay for quite a while, right? Yeah. The similar to TV networks, I think social media platforms started to take a look at at the choice that they have 
the ability that they have to give controls or information to that change that specifically changed the way that that platform is used. So it was no longer about a, the type of content that made the platform unique, but maybe that content's purpose, you know, oh. the purpose of content on TikTok and Instagram for the sake of entertainment mm. versus the versus content, you know, in the audio streaming world, you'll, you'll hear on LinkedIn audio live, which tends to be a little bit more informational because it's intended for you to listen to it at work, maybe yeah. with your team, maybe for your team. It's, it's it more intended. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's intended to be professional value added. Yeah. To it. Yeah. Versus all what we can do on Instagram or some of the other uh, more entertainment-driven platforms, where it's more lifestyle, it's more emotional. Yes. You know, component. So I think that I think that the algorithm serves to make sure that those promises are kept. On uh, LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, the algorithm looks for the amount of how much conversation is an actual post getting. So the mm. amount of conversation a post is getting will will really um, have a lot of weight on how much reach your post gets. So, so my, my direct strategy here would be instead of putting, instead of tagging 20 people at the bottom of your post and then hitting send on LinkedIn, yep. hit the post, hit post on, on LinkedIn, use no more than like four hashtags, and then go back into the comments and call out each of those people individually. Ask them like a real unique question individually. Oh. But yeah. you're basically adding 24 comments, call outs there. Now, don't call out to people who aren't going to respond. You'll be penalized, right? If you have outbound information that isn't responded, the, the mm -hmm. algorithm will see that you put out info that that person didn't respond to. Mm -hmm. But if you do have people that respond and you continue the conversation, that's where real reach will happen, as opposed to on LinkedIn, where it's content performance, not conversation that matters. Got it. Right? Got it. And they, and they have screen. these... Yeah, I'm assuming that YouTube, since it's video format, it would be length of time where the length of time viewed is watching. Yeah, yeah, length of time viewed. Sure, right. So all of them have their own unique qualifiers, right? That they're really going to lean into. That's like the algorithm, you know, at bat working. That being said, there's one action across the board on every single social network that also it's like that's the backbone you know to it then there's there then the heart let's i never said this out loud and I, I hope i'm right here the heart, if that's the backbone you know then the heart is sharing sharing across every single social platform is the single most rewarded action you can take uh sharing sharing you deeper with that what you mean by by sharing you mean like literally posting actual content on a wall on a story yeah, or, okay. sharing, uh, creating content that's shareable, I should say. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, also, when I say sharing, like the um, so between you and I, our accounts, the highest, like a, a great mark. If I wanted to indicate to the platform that I appreciate what you're doing, I would share your content to my feed. Because then I'm sending a signal to the platform that I support this. I want to see it. I support it, and not only do I see it and support it, but I'm sharing it directly with my audience. Ah, and then yeah. that would mean that the higher the amount of shares or followers or engagement that one profile has, if that profile were to share content, the algorithm would recognize like that person needs to have more yeah. energy towards them. Yeah, they want to, they, they, they're, they're more likely to open it, receive it, hey, possibly even share it again. Now, I'm, I wouldn't use this as a growth strategy. This isn't, so sharing isn't always a growth strategy. 
That's where people get it wrong with pods. They jump into these pods where people start sharing things, but then there's initial growth because there's like 12, 15, 30. I don't know however many people are in them. I don't know, 100. How many? There's like a certain amount of people that are in them. So there's a certain lift immediately, but then there's no lift beyond that because it's finite. It's a, a, yeah. a certain muscle amount that you're adding to it That's that the algorithm will then realize, well, either interest has waned or – and they, don't, they can't look back and say, well, or this is a pot, you know, but they'll say yeah, like in, interest uh, waned. Something happened where growth is no longer the way that it was a month ago. Pull them back, pull them back. That's Instagram's algorithm versus LinkedIn's algorithm, with, which again is, is fo- focused on the conversation. They really – you can go back to old epi- – by the way – LinkedIn just allows you to just now turn on the ability to pin uh, comments in the thread. So if you have a great thread, like, a great conversation okay. that went well a year ago, two years ago, a month ago, you drop in now. Now you can put the link in, put a link in the comment, pin the link. That'll come back into circulation. People will see it again. Yeah. So I don't have to post every day to be able to have a conversation. You know how on, on Instagram, they, they sort of say, you know, you can use old content and repost it and then people will not realize it necessarily, but it'll be new content and use it again. Yeah. This is my way of doing it on LinkedIn is not repurposing the content, but just provoke, just coming back to this very important topic a year later and adding to the conversation yeah. in a cohesive thread, which is cool. It's cool that yeah. you get discoverability it that is, way. That is cool. And, it, and it, it appears to me that the algorithm it generally wants to recognize organic sharing. It, like it, it, it wants to find the most, like it wants to be almost faithful to the purpose of the application. But I don't know if it does that. I love your interpretation. I'm like, she's a, she's good. She's really, she just means well. You know, her heart is, <laughs> I don't know why I just like totally well, genderfied Instagram. <laughs> if you the machine, then it's like, yeah, oh. right. <laughs> I think, I think, Look, I know a lot of people, I'll, I'll say, at pretty senior roles in, at Instagram, um, especially the ones who, who interact with creators and, and other sort of creative brands or or, uh, or media properties. Um, uh, they're really in, they're, their intention is to support creators. I mean, they, they put millions of dollars into the creator economy, and they'll, con- they'll continue to do that too. I, I think their goal is is to create a space where we thrive and, and are successful because of the tools that they've given us as opposed to majority of the experience where people are successful. They have under 10,000 subscribers, the followers. So they're success, successful in spite of having, or in spite of this, despite of not having, you know, link in bio or whatever, well, yeah. you know, uh, uh, to do swipe ups or something sort of like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a business, right? Be- no. And then, and then that being said, LinkedIn also leaned into the business side of creators and created an actual marketplace that's helmed by Instagram, where as a creator, I sign up my creator profile at Instagram. So brands that are working directly with Instagram can go to Instagram and say, well, who are creators we should be working with on your platform? Mm. Right, right now, we're aware of influencer creator marketing platforms that are out of the universe. Yep. And I, I, uh, uh, by the way, I strongly recommend if you, if, if you, by the way, if you're, if you're sitting there saying, how do you make money with podcasts or like, how do I make yep. money with a personal brand? And you're not on personal and you're not on influencer marketing, uh, uh, indexes and you're not on these, these platforms, then, then that's to be honest, your number one problem. It's just, yep. it's just about getting your name on the list. 
getting discovered, getting your name on the list in a place where people are looking for it, where, yep. where they have yep. opportunity, money, budget, schedule, the technology to move the conversation quickly. Yeah. Um, strongly recommend people. Yep. On the, by the way, I have a list of that. I have a list of like 50 influencer marketing indexes, creator marketing platforms that connect creators, podcasters with sponsors um, on my website. So if anyone wants to check that out, I'm oh, very yeah, happy bro. to give that info out. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, you said a word just now, discover. And that made me think about a word we were talking about before the show, discoverable. And I, I want to I wanna go there with you and make the oh, turn. Yeah. And because it, it appears to me on every social media platform, no matter what it is, the purpose is to grow. Like, that's just, that's just it. And the only way to grow is by being discovered and becoming discoverable. I mean, that doesn't mean that everyone has that desire. But I think you put out something that you generally hope audiences will like. You're not like, oh, I hate this. Let me put it out there. Like you want to be liked. And if you want to be liked, then you're going to grow in popularity. So that's why I say the point is to grow. Yeah. Um, well, growth is discoverability. I mean, the, the, the seed discovers the dirt, this, the dirt yeah. and seed discover water and discover light. These, these are the initial triggers, the very first things that they're able to see experience. Mm-hmm. the gecko i totally i love the analogy of okay awesome so, yeah i lean into that yeah what makes what makes discoverability possible um oh yeah got listen that want to grow and it's like you know i know and we all know there's not like well there's just one thing you got to do right <laughs> <laughs> no there's two by the way to be honest i i think <laughs> i think i think some people i'm sorry saying some people get confused get discoverability and exposure confused. The idea of being seen for the first time, being introduced to somebody, somebody talking about me, someone sharing my info, this idea of exposure being discoverability. And, and I, I want to, I want to point out the difference. Exposure is when people meet you or see you uh, understand your likeness, understand your awareness, know your presence even yeah. exists. Yeah. It has nothing to do with sharing who yeah. you are or connecting that, you know, yeah. to a moment where I can take action. Yeah. So the simple, the simple for me, I'm like the simple mathematical term for <laughs> discovery is exposure times action. You have yeah. to give them the ability to take action when you're doing an appearance. On, if you're lucky enough to ever be on the on a morning radio show, um, and you come in, you might want to have a, your podcast and tell them that you're Vinny from I have a podcast because I have a podcast is something is an action that they can take afterwards. They can subscribe to. So mm-hmm. I've given them an option to connect with me built into my appearance as opposed to just the exposure, which to be honest, there's nothing wrong with expo- exposure without action is entertainment. I love entertainment. Instagram, yeah. most of Instagram is exposure, is entertainment. Yeah. When we talk about make sure to add your call to action, your CTAs, that's adding action. That's yes. discoverability. That's the difference between exposure, which is super top of funnel. Yo, red flag. Do you see me? Here I am. Yep. Discoverability is I saw you. Now I got to share you. Ooh. I got to share your product. I got to share my experience with you. I got to share wow. 
something. Yeah. I want and and I want to be the first. I want to be the guy in church that tells everyone about you. Yeah. I got to make sure I'm the first person on LinkedIn that's talking about the services you provide. I want to show that I I'm capable of finding value and bringing it into my community. And, and I love and, helping people lean into that. Mm -hmm. And and you're saying the only way to become shareable is by becoming discoverable and the only way to be discoverable is to have a CTA. Uh, no, well, no. So I'm not, I'm, I know that's a little bit modus tollens. I'm not, I'm not, you don't have to, all of that doesn't have to imply that, okay. that, that like truth of logic doesn't have to be so linear. Right. Um, so I, I got, that was a little linear for me and I'm like, Oh no, yeah, I, just, I was just, my mind I'm was like, gonna, 3d. Gonna, I think it, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's the, but, but how about this, uh, to be shareable, all you have to do is give people an option. Got it. And tell them how you have to yeah. say, would you like to share it? Here's how to share it. Would you like to give me, would you like to tag somebody, tag somebody who should hear this, tag them below. You have to give them the yeah. opportunity. Would you like to tag somebody? And then, and then tell them where to take action, tag below. Don't mm -hmm. leave it up for them to understand that you want them to stop the scroll and tag below, you know, and yeah. that's necessarily what you mean. So, so providing that specific action is really, is really important. Uh, and there are things that we do, I think that make it difficult for us to be, uh, uh, shared, you know, I think we can be more shareable if we're aware of creating content on social media that we want people like if, if we're, if we're not in the room and someone was like, Oh, you have to see Vinny. He really helps people stand out wherever they are in their careers. He figures out a, a way and it's a project and there's like, it's, fun and it stays and, and there's longevity with it. But if I don't create a piece of content, if I'm not in a podcast, if I'm not talking about my process or, or the results, then I don't have, I haven't given that person the tools to be yep. successful. Mm. You know, like, so, so, so part of what I'm doing here is making sure that the people that I could potentially be working with have as much information from me, right. About what I'm doing, which is why on my podcast, um, I don't, I don't use my podcast as an opportunity to meet new people. I go back and like uh, make sense of the stuff that's already existed in my life. So I, I'm kind of breaking down my creative process. So you see yep. my very specific process. Cause some podcast, I think, I think some conversations can get a little vague some, sometimes when we don't like, there's like a lot of genre, a lot of to topics and genres covered, but because yep. I don't have guests on my podcast, that I don't know. I felt perpet, but I wanna. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, I throw parties, man. I'm like, I can't now. I can't have a party because I don't have guests. That is a stupid idea, yeah. not to have a party. <laughs> so I took my podcast and turned it into, I have a podcast.com, which is a digital news platform. It's a Google verified news source for independent podcasters, independent podcast news. So the mm -hmm. same thing I want to do on my podcast, which is tap into new talent, discover them, share them. That's exactly yeah. what I'm doing now, just in a digital form. So it's feeding my SEO. It's feeding my content on Pinterest, on YouTube. I'm, I really took a real uh, 360 approach at every, what I mm -hmm. think, you know, so we call them social media platforms now, but like what every search engine could turn into the the you know Pinterests and YouTubes and, mm -hmm. and looking at those ecosystems to make sure that, I'm setting up podcasters to be on all those. And when, when people find y'all and discover people on the platform that they're comfortable on, I want to be known as the person who's like the Pied Piper, you know, podcasters, like we're yeah. figuring out new places to go and, 
uh, I'm happy to be first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Throw me in the deep end. <laughs> I trust you, you know? So look, how can I not, you know, how can I not? What am I yeah. afraid of? Yeah. Us? We built us. I, yeah. I trust us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you when you were talking about, um, you know, call to actions and, and exposure, mm -hmm. do you find that a lot of creatives and artists simply just like producing the art yeah. and leaving it there and not actually ever having a call to action? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah. Is there another part? I don't want to assume the question. <laughs> I want to make you say it. <laughs> I feel like as an artist, like you just want to create beautiful work right. and you don't want to have the, the tagline at the end because you feel like that's not authentic to the, to the art of it all. But then there's like, okay, well, there's business and there's life and there's, you know, money to be made and there's like growing and it's like, you need to have that part to it. So it feels like there's two different worlds. And I love that you put them together because they need each other. But yeah. I just want to like, are, are artists struggling with that? Yeah. I mean, for years, look at some of the most famous artists in the world who never got their claim, probably because they weren't great salespeople. Yeah. Until, and we didn't have the internet a hundred years ago, 200 <laughs> years ago, 500, a thousand years ago on some of the artists that even come to mind immediately, you know, mm -hmm. for that world to, for their names to travel around this globe, for us to know Michael and, you know, for us to know some of these big names yeah. that, you know, before, before we had access to the same information is, is, is remarkable. Uh, yeah. I think there are four types of creativity. Let's I go. think that understanding where you fall in these sort of four quadrants might help you understand either who you need to add to your team, you know, because it is a different day and age now. So unfortunately some artists, if you, if you're going to be um, a street, if, if you want to be a street artist and you're going to be a, or a performance artist, you might need an agent to book you on events. You might need a broker. So you, I have to look, I want to build your team the way that you really need to, but, but lean into your strengths. There's no yeah. right way. Um, you know, there's the creator creative, the one who's just like content driven. This is exactly who you're talking yeah. about. Like the yeah. diehard, yeah. you know, they, yeah, yeah. They, they call themselves creator. They're comfortable with it. Video, yeah, right. audio, blog, social, yeah. that's their shit. Like start making yeah. it immediately. Then yeah, there's the yeah. analytical creator. The analytical creator, right? They're like a little bit more aware of performance marketing, Google advertising, Facebook ads. You know, they're they're aware of the, the mechanisms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> that it takes that you might say, well, this wasn't successful because we didn't hit these markers. So yep. they look down the pike and say, well, what's success look like? What does a conversion look yep. like? Are, are you happy with growth? Are you happy with impressions? Are you selling something that we're actually converting? How are we going to analyze this? So before we even create something, tell me what the goal is. You know, meanwhile, you've got people like the first version of me, which is like, my hands are already dirty. <laughs> the materials have already arrived. The cast okay. is done. You know, yeah. uh, you have your technical creators now, your SEO automators. They're like heavy on integrations. They're looking at ways to stack technology. They're really mindful of ways to improve analytics. So like you have your technical creators and analytical creators really combining to maybe amplify and distribute content to aggregate content. Yeah. Um, and, for, and for those out there, the, 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 I'll say this, the the, there's a difference. There's a difference in distribution between amplification and aggregation. Um, aggregating it, uh, aggregators, media blog aggregators 
are the sites that you go to and you say, I want, I want all the blogs on podcast marketing. When I log in, I just want a stream of all the most recent podcast blogs that Google, whoever the spiders pick up. I just want to know them all. Cause maybe I want to share them. Maybe mm-hmm. I want to put them on LinkedIn, Facebook, Reddit, you know, maybe I want to share them. Maybe I want to read them or maybe I want to like actually like put, you know, put them into action. Yeah. So one of the ways that I can, I aggregate podcasts is on this aggregator called Q. So if you go to VPE and I'll give, I'll send this link to you. It's a great sure. VPE.tv slash Q U U U three. My accent comes out so bad. Three U's, three U's. <laughs> yeah. Did you say U's? Yeah. At VPE.tv slash Q U U U. It's a blog aggregator. It takes your, so if you take your podcast and convert it into a blog, what, what we're able to do on Q is get your podcast episode discovered based on the content, the oh. topic, not the title, the guest, your branding, the yeah. artwork, like all the stuff that we're spending so much time on. Yeah. I'm helping you get discovered where somebody said, I want to discover information here. And it's free, by the way. Q is free. You, you go That's there, it's free. So if you... If no one knows what I'm talking about, go and sign up and then aggregate maybe some blogs that you might want to share. Yeah. There's lots of reasons why people share blogs, right? They don't have time to create their own content. They want to be seen as thought leaders. They want to be, you know, adjacent like-mindedness. So they're showing, demonstrating market similarities. There's lots of different reasons why. I mean, lots of people on social media now, I mean, I want to say that do post. Yeah. It's usually a share of something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going, I know I'm going, I'm going through a lot here. So those are the three types, right? Those are the types of, of, of distribution, amplification, aggregation. Yeah. We also talked about the cr- creative creator, the analytical creator, the and technical the creator. And now we'll talk about the strategic creator. This is the oh. person who's hyper, you know, this is an opportunity to have a relationship with someone new. Maybe I can work with somebody new. Maybe this is the way that we were meant to be collaborating. Maybe I should, maybe there's a bigger marketing initiative here. Maybe there is bigger ethos here that we can tie your goals and our goals together. Entrepreneur type of creator. Yeah. Who's really, who's really mindful of collaborating. Who's really going to use this as a relationship building step, right? So you've got your creative creator who's got paint, paintbrush in hand and your analytical creator who's like, well, if I told you that paintbrush cost $7 and we get no sales, are you going to tell me that, you know, like what's their, we're trying to figure out the creator's goal. What's going to make the creator happy. The technical creator who, who understands that some of it is distribution and turning creativity into data points that translate. Like we talked about the algorithm. That's one way. So that's, you know, um, my, I have a podcast.com I'm converting I'm converting. So here's the data point I create and why I created, I have a podcast. I'm, I'm taking your name and I'm making it an H one header topic. That's what you need. If you ever apply for verification on any of these social media platforms is you need your name in the headline featured article. It can't be an article about five podcasts to look out for. They don't care about a listicles of five. Yep. They want your name and not even your podcast. It's not, I'm not even focused on that. So yep. I thought, well, then I'll just make it and we'll give them, we'll give us what we need. <laughs> That's the That's only reason why it's so difficult. Freaking so. brilliant, man. <laughs> and I, and, and I, and I, and I got to say the other thing, and I, I think we met on Podmatch, right? 
Yeah, we did. Huge shout out to podmatch.com. I mean, podmatch.com. Do you have an affiliate link? Do you put it in your notes? Do you tell people what it is? Massive, man. I haven't, I haven't shared it on my notes, but I support it so much, man. And sure. I always, well, go uh, look for Justin's link. If not, mine is vpe.tv slash podmatch. I'm telling you, I spend $39 a month. I meet eight new podcasters a day and I, I am, and, and they're meaningful, they're meaningful mm-hmm. connections. They're, they're, they're people who've paid a membership fee who are active and leaned in to the success of creating content. Um, I've been able to scale my guesting uh, strategy tremendously because of Podmatch and it's helped me grow my personal brand. Everyone, by the way, you don't even have to have a, this is the best part. You don't even have to have a podcast to be on Podmatch. In fact, in fact, I wish I was a guest before I launched, before I recorded my first episode. I wish I was a guest. Yeah. The better being a, uh, hopefully I've been a decent guest. I took my shoes off. I was polite, you know, <laughs> I put coasters down. Um, but being a, being an attentive guest, understanding how to show up with value and, and, and when to talk and when not to talk, all of those things that you learn um, on your own as a host of a podcast, but you can learn those as a guest. And I strongly oh, yeah. recommend you letting somebody else pay for that production experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would Podmatch be an example of the fourth type of creative in, in, in talking about the person who actually started that app? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. I, I, Alex, what, 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 what Podmatch is part of, by the way, is a, a brilliant creative suite of podcast tools. Um, there, there's also podcast SOP so that he understands there's an understanding that there are many different ways to create podcasts, but we yeah. all have our own unique ways. And just because they're unique doesn't mean that we can't funnelize them. We can't create standard operating procedures and, and formalize that process yeah. for a group to work together. And he, he actually gave us a great tool, uh, to be able to do that. And then, uh, uh, I'm on, are you on pod lottery? This is the, his newest baby. Alex, the, the yeah, latest. this is it. Yeah. So hot, hot off the press. Um, it's accessible only via iPhone right now. So if you don't, if you're an Android or I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Pod so, lottery. Yeah. So if you go to vpe.tv slash pod lottery, P-O-D-L-O-T-T-E-R-Y, you have the ability to earn podcast reviews. So there's a little bit of like, um, it's, there's like, you get some tickets and you put the tickets in and you pick a number and then there's a lotto and then the number comes out and then, and then you get a certain amount. Maybe, maybe you'll win like one review. But the cool thing about it is that you're getting reviews from a very, at this point in, 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 in like sort of like mid to late 2022, you know, under 200 podcasters are there. It's a really premium quality podcaster because it's it's at this point word of mouth so you you have people who are really passionate about the success of podcasters who are, are truly listening to your podcast giving you honest reviews what? um and it's fun to it's fun to build something and i'll tell you with, <laughs> this is my strategy with podmatch and, and my strategy just with anybody out there <laughs> anyone I, I don't know about you when i was in a club when i was in clubs in college i had to be like i ended up being the president and everything i did i was like if i'm going to be in it i want to make impact Podmatch has allowed me to do that. Uh, I'm yes, excited nice. to be part of their book that's coming uh-huh. out. I get to say that I'm an author and I've submitted my first chapter already, which is so freaking cool. Yeah. Um, my I've already dropped my Podmatch affiliate link in here, but 
I use that when I'm talking a lot in other social audio places. So I've built a nice steady stream of rep repetitive income that comes in from just telling people how awesome of an experience I get on Podmatch and making sure that they know that it's out there. By the way, $39 a month, I'm telling you, there's like not, uh, I don't know what people are paying their assistants or researchers or it's, it's, they're really meaningful connections. And I'm I come from casting. I cast a lot of shows. I yeah. I'm going to jump on that because put sensitive I people together. Yeah. I'll send you, you, you'll get an email from me right after this, by the way. I, I'm on the free <laughs> version and I know that it helps when you, yeah, you send me one. So, Oh I yeah. Love, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to jump in. Yeah, I, if, I, if, if growth is your strategy, then, yeah. then what's happening now on Podmatch more so than any other podcast matchmaking platform. And I've, I've used them all. So it's not like I haven't used, you know, other yeah. ones, this one that you pay, you know, it's like a dating, it's like, it's like a dating site. You tend to meet more qualified people who are more attentive, who, who might, you know, when we pay for things, usually it's because we want it now who might find time valuable. So maybe you're also meeting podcasters who time, find time. I don't know if you've been on other platforms that where the podcaster says they're going to book you and then they send you the link and then they don't show up or they cancel 10 minutes beforehand. And you're like, I knew it because of the platform where we met. I knew it yeah. <laughs> with Podmatch, It doesn't happen that way. It's almost yeah. like, it's almost like LinkedIn where it's like, they're real people and they're really accountable for their actions. Yeah. It's nice. That's us. That's this community, you and I, that's people yeah. listening. This is, yeah. this is how this, this built, was built. And that's why I'm fully leaned in on Podmatch. Um, yeah. And I'm going to go across to the board as well, because that sounds yeah, like yeah. 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 That's cool. Pop lottery. By the way, who doesn't need a couple of like reviews? I'm still, you know, I don't know. I don't even know. 20, 30, 10, 50. I have, I'm in startup mode in my podcast. So like, I know I'm at the point where every, where every review matters. Yep, yep. Especially current ones. Uh huh. That's a good. That's a good point. I wanna. I wanna go here with you for for the audience. You know, is it's not every day we hear from people who've worked with like stars. You know, like yeah. people in Hollywood and and famous or or whatnot. And um, yeah, like, could you tell us a little bit about what that's like and how that affected your life and your work? Because for a lot of us, we associate the stars with, you know, having things that we don't have and we hope to one day get there to have what they have and to be yeah. who they are in our own way. Right. Yeah. And you've been able to work with them. And I, I say all this because there, there appears like, and I see this in my own life, like there's this illusion of like making it right. And if I could just be there, like it's going to. It's going to work out, you know? Yeah. And I know we're, we're all like fighting for that as creators and as artists and producers and, and whatnot. But I want to, I want to hear from somebody who's worked one-on-one -on -one with big names in MTV and Hollywood. And, yeah. and I want to get your feel for, for, for that general thought that I just played, put out there. Well, I think the, 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 the first thing is for, for the people who feel like if they make it, it'll work out where, 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 where fame is the goal. I can mm. tell you that it doesn't work out. Okay. I can give you a long list of shows that I've worked on that ultimately all the person wanted was literally to be famous. And then there was no greater goal. Being famous didn't help them accomplish anything bigger than them, than their community, than the audience that they set out for. 
and wow. that that's where I think uh, a lot of reality TV um, got oversaturated because people were just happy to sort of entertain. Now, now people have made careers over entertaining. So if yeah. if entertaining in reality TV is your goal, i.e., housewives or putting your you know putting putting your life turning your life into a lifestyle like that, that's different than I think yeah. fundamentally what we're talking about yeah. here, right? But with Ashton Kutcher, Ashton didn't. <laughs> Ashton didn't want to be. Ashton did not want his face on Punked. Ashton, Ashton wanted. First off, Ashton wanted a production company, and selling Punked would give him a show that would allow him to create a production company. Mm. There was legal work; it was there, but there was no brick and mortar of Catalyst. What what ultimately became Catalyst, a huge media company. But mm. but Ashton wanted. You know what? The, to answer your question, where I thought you were going in the beginning part is like, how did I, how did I work with these people? And like, how, how did that come to be? Go ahead. To be honest, I worked, I was at MTV before reality, in the late nineties, before the reality, like reality in like 99, 2000, really they take off the right? Osbournes and newlyweds and punk that's two thousands for me. The two years before that I was casting MTV films. I was Mandy Moore was a VJ. There was no Mandy Moore reality show. If there was reality back then, I promise you there would have been a Mandy Moore reality show. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> instead, we got to do that with, instead, she was too far in her career. So that's what the Ashley Simpson show was literally about, was, was, oh. was that path that I, we saw happening. Um, to answer your question, I think that personally, I was okay to work with celebrities and make things happen to them. And, and I didn't, suffer from imposter syndrome because I didn't know about imposter syndrome. So I'm so glad that I had, I didn't even know I should be doubting myself. There was no internet to tell me that, you know, in <laughs> 1990. Oh, there was, but that's not what we were. We were talking about the dancing hamster and the dancing babies, you know, in, in 1990, 1998, Netscape is what we were talking about in 1990. That's awesome. Um, uh, I had something that they all wanted. I had the ears and eyes of MTV executives that were creating pop culture that, that was hitting TV and impacting, uh, I could be dramatic and say humanity, which is really true, but I'll scale back and say pop culture globally on a global level. We put energy and words and ideas globally when, when Ashton finally said yes to being, you know, to, to quote unquote hosting he didn't want to be seen as a VJ. He didn't want to be seen as a the last thing he wanted was to be misinterpreted as a host on MTV. That would be a, a step backwards. He had that 70s show, you know, his movies were doing really well. He was kind of like the a heartthrob in, in film. So he was a, he was a box, a box office shoe in 70s show was, was doing great numbers. Um, what he wanted to show the world was that he was more than just a for hire actor, more than a pretty face that he really, he really had his finger on the pulse and could create create content that proved it. And punked is about finger on the pulse, not about the prank. Punked is about how could you believe any part of what this is? How did any of this become believable to you? Because we played with the so sociological components to it, you know. Like, why would there be? Why would there? <laughs> I don't know, I'm thinking of all the dumb things we did, you know. Why? Why would there be? Why would a baby lose her doll in a porta potty that's tied up? in a tree you know what i mean like the stupid things that we did that people i don't know would, would go yeah. for and it's, yeah it's there's that it's that it's understanding believability suspension of disbelief and what we want to be believing in and ashen 
you know, could, could demonstrate that. Uh, with, with Sharon Osborne, there were a couple of meetings we had with Sharon. It was very clear that she wanted to get her kids on, ca- on camera. We didn't quite know what it was. Um, uh, some, some development conversations later, ultimately we booked an episode of Cribs with, with Jack and Kelly, and that was kind of our way in and, and mm-hmm. it came back and we still were figuring out, you know, what it was. And ultimately, I think someone landed on like, do the real world with the Osbournes. I think that was like the final pitch. That's how we described it to them. Yeah. And um, what was that like, that. you know, just seeing like, because there, there must have been a time where it's like the way we've been entertaining the world is like changing. Right? Yeah. And something's bubbling up and happening here. And what was it like to sort of notice that and being like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna change shit around now." Because oh yeah, it, it almost feels like it, things got a lot more free, in a way. What was it like? Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 information sort of sudden the, the sp- information space became a lot bigger. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I have to be. I think in like two thousand three or two thousand four, I became really aware of of what I was doing at MTV and I got really guarded and really um, uh, specific about, and I started, I started weighing in, in, in deep character ways um, that maybe I wouldn't have earlier. If a celebrity had an audience and I knew would just hit certain numbers, you know, I'd be okay with that. I realized the people I was putting in television and what, what they were becoming was much bigger than TV um, Mandy Moore was fighting for my rights to have a family, to marry, you know, uh, the person that I choose to marry, uh, yeah. uh, uh, TJ, La- you know, it's, I think it's so awesome that TJ Lavin still is the host of the challenge. And in 1998, yeah. when I started working at MTV, we had a show called rock and jock, like rock and jock sports festival, music, music and sports, rock and jock festival, I think it was called. We would oh. go to Vegas, we would go to Vegas. Tony Hawk would like jump out of a helicopter. I don't know. There was always like weird, stupid things. We ended up at TJ's house because he had this like dirt bike, you know, thing in his backyard. And I come from Staten Island. I rode dirt bikes like BMXs, so I could totally relate to that. And I just remember meeting an athlete as like a. I wasn't closeted, but but being out in the late '90s was not something you did corporately, especially at a publicly traded media company like Viacom. So I know MTV sounded cool, but. I was definitely uh, and, and it, at that at that point of time a reference of inclusivity, um, yes. Which which I took very seriously, and I yo I left that door open for the like the best the best talent that that I challenged to become producers. And Nick Cannon, you know, went from being a host to obviously to wilding out. But but the thing with TJ that stood out is like when he came, he came and met me at my office, maybe it was like 2001. I think he just got a music deal at, at Warner, at, 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 uh, William Morris. And he was excited to go to MTV afterwards and talk about it. And mm. He came into my office he, and he saw my rainbow flags. He said, he says this and he's like, rainbow flags. He's like, are you gay? He's like, I had, I thought about it, but I didn't know. And I was hoping you were because man, like I need to, I need you to be my wingman. And like, I know you're going to get like, I don't want you to steal the love of my life. And I know if you were around, she's going to fall for you instead of me. Like he, everything you're really not supposed to say, you know, like, <laughs> like everything that you cringe about now. And, and I have, it was that moment in that moment. And this was way well before I had a cast, you know, the challenge. It was in that moment where I was like, this, this is an athlete 
who's an ally. This is someone where if I'm not in the room, I know he's going to bring me in the room, whether it's my voice or, or my community. And I know that cool. whether I'm there or not, he's going to be at bat for me. And, yeah. and when, when the challenge, we you know first I, I, we hired, uh, uh, Johnny, uh, uh, Johnny Mosley and then and God rest his soul, Dave Mira. Um, and then because they were kind of like, summer they were like winter summer athletes so i wanted someone just consistent mm -hmm. and, and, and when when it came up to hire tj it was, it was a no-brainer but you you pick those people um you know on a, on a platform like mt on a platform like mtv on a show those people are going to be like categorical leaders most likely for the rest of their lives and, yes and those those reality kids that i cast in laguna beach and the hills and there's they still are giant lifestyle you know brands themselves um yeah yeah but it wasn't that's what i was saying and, and you and you really explained it well was it wasn't always like that like in in, in tv and culture and now even more with social media and like athletes and like oh yeah it, it something happened you know and I think i think in like in the late in the early 90s like when mtv launched first off i i like to I worked in TV in the nineties, like Fox news was new. MTV was like 10 years old. Like a te television was kind of a place where I understood more space could be created. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I liked, I liked that idea of, of, of what they had, of what they had to do. When I got to MTV, it was two years after your MTV wrap. So, so they had figured out culturally what they had done and hadn't done and had, had course corrected in some ways. Mm -hmm. I got to come in and, and sort of, through gasoline, you know, literally on all of that movement that, that already started happening. And I think what, what, what we did, what, like my 10 years that I was at MTV did and, and, and television also followed is, is we gave cameras to the celebrities, whether they were late night talk show hosts, Arsenio, Rick, you know, I can go through all the Oprah. We gave them cameras to document stories. We gave, originally we gave artists, three and a half, four minutes to storytell in their music videos, you know, MTV created the platform. Yeah. So then we had a demand for videos. We would support those, those, those labels with some money. Then they would send us the videos. Then when other video platforms started to emerge, it got weird. And that's when I was at MTV, when like AOLs were like, well, we paid for it. So we get the first look, but then mm. exclusives started to come into play, mm. um, which is a, a fun time. As the world is just, you know, as the world is just getting bigger, I guess. So just, it's just, it's, but it's, it's having ownership. It, it, it's creating the space. What MTV did was, was take storytelling and say, we'll give you 30 minutes on TV to have a story. And if it worked well, we'll, we'll re-air it 90 times because people will like a great story. That's what MTV did. They did it first with music videos, five minutes for video. Who else was giving air to music video, right? And then yeah. they said, now we'll give 30 minutes to storytelling and, and when I, when I got to MTV, I sort of handed the cameras to the celebrities. And when I left in 07, I say, then that's when they gave the cameras to the audience, you know, the Jersey Shore kids and the yeah. teen moms. And like, that's, that's who then had control over, it. you know, they wanted often, they wanted more, not to say control, but more involvement in their representation. Now we want control over our representation. Now we Ooh. understand it, right? Yeah. So wow. now we understand we can now that that's an option. Now that that's an option because of technology and social media. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating, man. Fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, it's appeared to me that even now with, with social media and its use, 
um, the way it affects our politics, the way it affects life, uh, the way it affects our culture and society, there was a shift in consciousness where we realized that everyone's voice matters. And the, there's, there's people that have positions of authority that they can speak into all facets of life. And it wasn't always like that before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very true. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, I, I, I think we've become respectful of story. So I think we've become respectful of storytellers. I think one of the things that we're, we're getting wrong right now is I think like as storytellers, we forget that like great storytellers often have great editors and there's usually a reason for that. I can't think of any fairy tale that hasn't been edited by some publisher that turned it into what it is or, uh, 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 the, I mean, the, the, it took King James to edit a bunch of books to get, you know, a bunch of books together to get the version of them. So it's, it's yeah. great storytelling, I think really does rely on great editors. Those, those editors, you know, maybe Malcolm Gladwell or someone will talk about this one day, you know, those editors, those community leaders, those connectors, those outliers and the people who sort of are the people connectors, they, they might have something to do and they might, but those are modern influencers. Those are probably macro influencers that I'm talking about on social media. Yeah. I think that's why those, that type of social media is really um, relevant and important yeah. to the social ecosystem, to the financial ecosystem. That's where we still have an individual voice and in power um, yeah. with our own audience. And then when we, combine and collaborate with other people who have their own audiences. To me, yep. the definition of, 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 of community building is, is two audiences being combined together. So um, mm. that, that's the opportunity for community building. Yeah. I want to, I want to go to our last question that we've been going for a while, man. I love yeah. talking to you. Yeah. I like this. It's been really good. Uh, and I, and I tend to ask this whenever I interview somebody of any industry, and it's and it's kind of like where we're at right now uh, with with whatever we're talking about. And, and in our instance, it's media. It's good. Let's say it's good. But in your own experience and and yeah, gleanings through the years, like where do you see this going? Like if we were in the '90s and I asked you that, you would you'd probably say something. If we were in 2000, but being in 2000, yeah, of course, <laughs> you know where where do you see this this new wave going now? Like what where what's happening? In, society media yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna understand some new uses to old technology um understanding how broadcast networks are set up to distribute content you know i think we all know that uh and we know that certain commercials hit us in certain neighborhoods in certain states so we know that you can target you can target us geographically we and we all are very aware of that. Some people might not realize that everybody doesn't get the same taxi cab commercials. You know, maybe they think, oh, does everyone just get this? You know, there's those, huh. those moments. That's broad. That's the broadcast mechanism. I think that narrow casting, podcasting, and social casting can fit into broadcasting. I think Ugh. that when I when I look at MTV in the late 80s, early 90s, I didn't need to watch MTV to know what was on MTV. I didn't need to be in the room to know exactly what was on that screen if I heard it in another room. And I can experience that 
audible experience, that visual experience from a centralized device in my living room that's blasting to my house with my mom yeah. and my younger sister. And as a family, we can experience this. I yeah. think that's like why YouTube, where, where YouTube TV, where the, the long YouTube, you know, plat, uh, podcast, three hour podcast episodes really do well. I don't believe people are sitting down on their couch watching a static camera of somebody talking with 30% of their face covered by a microphone. I think we're getting up and running errands, clean the house. Yeah. Maybe I'm, working web, I'm working on my website. Like what website or sending out newsletters while I've got that. I don't need to be in the room to understand mm. that. And, and if I can take narrow casting like podcasting and social casting and distribute that through broadcasting, then what we could start doing is experiencing social media in a timely matter where we talk about, you know, watching an award show on television where we all see the winner at the same time, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, you know, the ability to come together and, and connect. Yeah. It's important. So I think that, I think that that's where, where we're going more opportunities to experience things live together and to react live together. Um, that's good. And have a more unified experience too. I think in general, because the more familiar, the more common experience we have with content and experiencing content, the better we know how to understand and use it. You know, if I said, Oh, did you see the video? Listen, Linda video on, you know, on YouTube, the kids like, listen, Linda, listen, Linda, I have, I have a cupcake. Like if, there's a moment where everyone in the world who was watching YouTube saw, you know, saw that video. It becomes, it becomes a moment as strong in branding for that platform as it does, you know, for the piece of content itself. And, and now that everyone has a phone and I love it. I love that everyone's got a production company in their phone. Yeah. I left MTV in 2007. I went to a lot of networks and production companies, you know, thereafter it was very lonely and boring working with the same couple of thousand people, the same dozen networks. I was very excited <laughs> that yeah. uh, millions of people overnight qualified to be in my industry. And if I can do anything to help you stand out, whether you're a business leader, a celebrity, a journalist, um, an on-air talent, um, a, a florist, a, a lawyer, an account, you know, I just love helping find ways that people stand out and are, are, are deeply impactful. And, and I'm specific about the beginning part of the journey because I've seen people quit because it doesn't happen quick enough. Yeah. So I like to try to make sure you know how to win awards so that you can be celebrating your steps so that you can yes. be giving credits along the way and, and getting mm. the mention and, and, and do, you know, applause that's due. Yeah. yeah. Celebrated, you know, that's what a, yeah. that's what a, celebra a celebrity brand to me is, is celebrated. Yeah, yeah, the true essence of the word, right? Yeah, this is it. Very yeah. literal from a guy who has a podcast called I Have a Podcast. Vinny, <laughs> <laughs> man, this has been amazing. Where, where do, I mean, it, you said it probably a few times already, but if someone wanted to work with you, what's the deal, bro? How do oh, we you're the best. It? Yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Like, I, 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 you know, I like to work out with my friends. I don't, I'm not saying I have to agree with you. In fact, yeah. I don't agree with a lot of my friends, but I like to start off with people. So reach out on LinkedIn, say hi. I also have vpe.tv if you want to win awards or learn how to win awards and you're interested in some of the creator marketing platforms that I talked about. All that information is for free in my creator hub. So please come to vpe.tv and, and, and sign up. 
I'm at Vinny Potestivo on everything. And also I have a podcast.com. So if you've got a podcast that you'd like to get out there, whether you are the host or the avid number one fan of that podcast, like let's get, yep. let's get us podcaster some do some do applause. So I have yep. a podcast.com. Love it, bro. Brother. It's been, yeah, it's awesome, amazing, man. man. I like this. Yeah. Again for this. And this was lovely, man. I, I've never really had a conversation with someone of, with your background and, and caliber and it was pleasant really was. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, bud. Thanks, brother.